This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Yo, what's up, guys? You like our podcast? You want to make your own? You have all the power, all the resources you need to make your own podcast. That's right. If you haven't heard about Anchor by Spotify, let me give you a rundown. Basically, it's the easiest way to make a podcast with everything you need all in one place. And here's how it works. Anchor lets you record and edit podcasts right from your phone or your computer. So no matter what your setup is like, you can start creating today. Then you can distribute your podcast to the most popular listening platforms, including Spotify with a single tap. Anchor is also the only place you can publish video podcasts to Spotify, which is super important. With Anchor, creators can earn money in a variety of ways, including ads and podcast subscriptions. That's right. And best of all, Anchor is totally free. So download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. That is anchor.fm to get started. It's what we use. We get a little kickback from it, and we appreciate it. So if you guys want your own podcast, go to Anchor. .fm to get started. Peace. Hello and welcome to Anatomy of Marriage. I'm your host, Melanie Studley. What's up, guys? My name is Seth Studley. I'm a licensed marriage and family therapist. And today has been a long time in the making, like seriously, one year. We interview former NFL player, American Ninja Warrior, Anthony Trucks. He's awesome, you guys. Like from the second we got on this call, it was like, okay, this energy is up. We're loving it. Uh, there's tons of nuggets. We got some baby bird feeding. You guys will get that joke later after 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 you listen to the show. But yeah, you guys check it out. You're going to love it. This show is brought to you by GetFaithful.com forward slash Anatomy of Marriage. And if you guys have ever done counseling before, you know the deal. 50-minute hour. You drive to the, the, the office, all this stuff. GetFaithful.com forward slash Anatomy of Marriage allows you to get that same caliber of therapy, of psychotherapy, of counseling, in the comfort of your own home, you don't have to go anywhere, and it's easy, it's affordable, it's it's confidential, first of all, and it's a sign of you investing in yourself. Anxiety, depression, overwhelmment, adjustment disorders, all kinds of stuff, or you just need somebody to talk to you guys, go to getfaithful.com forward slash anatomy of marriage to get hooked up with a licensed counselor, a licensed therapist just like me. You guys, seriously, thousands, tens of thousands of people are doing this because it makes sense it's easier, they're investing in themselves, and they're better for it. Go to GetFaithful.com forward slash Anatomy of Marriage to get set up with your own counselor today. Uh, well, man, thank you so much. I know, like, for real, <clears throat> and we're recording, so we can just go go ahead and dive in. Right. And we, this, I think this is the fourth the, the fourth attempt. The first time our internet was kaput, we were kind of moving and stuff. The second, yeah. you were on vacation. The third, I don't even know what happened. And then, like, no. here we are, man. So it's Finally meant to be. I think we're ready to roll. Let's rock and roll with it. Yes, sir. All right, man. So we'll just dive in. So you guys, check it out. We have Anthony Trucks, former NFL football player, American Ninja Warrior, high-performance coach, everything. If you guys haven't checked him out, you, you're going to love this interview. He brings it, and it's just amazing. So Anthony, my man, how's it going? Going well, man. It's uh, what time is it? It's now ten o'clock in the morning. I this is six, seven, eight, nine. This is my fifth podcast today. What? What? Yeah, yeah. Well, I'll scratch that. Third podcast, two coaching calls. I just go six, seven, oh. eight, 
nine, and now we're on 10. Yeah, yeah, that's what it is. Oh, that is crazy. I'm not even done until four o'clock today. I'm going 10 straight hours of just back to back Whoa. to back. I got I to find time to go pee at a different <laughs> minute. Time. It's, it's not hard. But then somebody asked, they said, well, when you do it, do you have like the pee jars down below? I'm like, I'm not a creeper, man. Like I don't have any <laughs> pee containers down here. No, I do no. not. <laughs> that is funny. So we, I just listened to your interview with Tom Bilyeu, which is absolutely amazing. And so yeah. I was like, how are we going to have him introduce himself? Because Tom read like, all of your bio and it's just great. Like your, your life story is so amazing. So can you do like a little recap, you know, of yeah. your entire childhood? Yeah. <laughs> back in the, back in the time. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, no, yeah. Tom, he's good for that too. He like leaves you with nothing to talk about. I'm like, all right, interview's over Tom, I guess. What are we- <laughs> and we're done. No, no, I, um, uh, I grew up in, in foster care as a, uh, as a kid, I was given away at three years old. So my mom didn't want me or her kids anymore. So it gave us all the way to a really heinous system. We grew up with a lot of just poverty, a lot of difficulty, a lot of just, uh, like just abuse. Right. And so at 14, I was finally adopted by a, an all white family I'd grown up with for eight years, really, really poor growing up. So like, I didn't have solidarity and stability until I was a teenager, couldn't play youth sports then finally picked up football was horrible at the game because I was like four to six years behind my peers and I'd been playing forever. And so I wanted to chalk it all up. My mom, adoptive mom got diagnosed with multiple sclerosis. And so I was kind of in that, that tornado of going downhill because everything just seems to become caving on itself. And somehow I had a moment with somebody saying something I overheard that really woke me up. And I'm like, I don't want to go down that path. Changed my perspective of what I was doing. And I, I started putting effort in a direction that didn't make sense at the time, but made sense in the long run. And so in turn, turned into me getting a college scholarship to play football at the University of Oregon a couple of years later. So I went from being a sucky kid to being the best kid at the school, athletic-wise for football. Uh, my high school sweetheart went to college with me, which was pretty cool. Had a kid at 20 years old, been my real dad at 21 years old. Uh, and after a couple more years of college, ended up uh, playing in the NFL. Three years in the NFL. And the third year, tore my shoulder because NFL stands for not for long. So you get in, mm-hmm. you get hurt, you get out. And it's tough, man. It's a whole different crises because now this foster kid that was all built to the football football's gone uh we have a couple more kids we're married so now i have three kids married and i am losing myself massive identity crisis so marriage falls apart uh my self-esteem falls apart not a good dad business is up and down and borderline bankrupt all the time i'm out of shape is everything and and i got to a real dark dark bottom like suicidal dark bottom and just kind of floated for a lot of years and then my mom passed away from ms after a 17-year battle and it, it planted like this thought of like, I got to find a way out of this hole. And it took another year and a half to actually finally have a wake up moment where I woke up, looked in the mirror and like a New Year's Day, you know, having, you know, slept with some strange woman, just feeling like a complete shame, to be quite honest. Uh, and I was like, it's got to change. And that became the catalyst moment for me to spend the next about 10 months completely revamping and shifting the entire person I was at my core. And it led into me getting remarried after three years divorced, having an amazing marriage now, about five years deep into this remarriage, have kids that have a present father, have a business that is thriving. I am in good shape. Like I have a life that is so enjoyable that I, I love to share it. And so I share in a bunch of ways, podcasts, speaking. I have a coaching program that shows people how to do what I did in that 10-month window. Because what I did, it can apply to any area of your life if you do it properly. And that's kind of my story. I'm, I guess I'm sticking to it. <laughs> that's awesome so we got introduced by a mutual friend larry hagner of the dad edge podcast and all that stuff hey, and uh he, he's he's great and part of your story uh reminds me a lot about uh you know that guy david goggins can't hurt me navy seal yeah, yeah, dude definitely. you know uh yep. kind of remind me a little bit about that about like just childhood you know trauma after trauma and just crappiness and be like man 
what the hell am I doing? I I, I got to get out of here, right? Mm-hmm. And sometimes growing up, so I'm a therapist, and we talk about family of origin stuff, right? And yeah. our family of origin, our, our moms, our dads, foster or not, or biological, our primary caregivers, they teach mm-hmm. us these lessons and stuff, right? And some of us didn't learn the greatest lessons. So we have to realize that and go, ah, my, my situation is, is not like this other kid's situation or my friends or I wish I was that way. And it's incumbent upon us to, first of all, realize that and go, okay, what can I do about that? You know, so, so for folks out there, plus we're a marriage podcast, for folks who don't have the marriage that they wish they could, you know, what's, what's one of the first steps? And this is all related, personal growth, growth mindset, and independent self and marriage. So mm-hmm. what, what are one of those first steps to, I guess, awareness and then go, oh, wait a minute. Other people do this. Why can't I? Yeah. What, what do we ask ourselves there? I think what ends up happening is we will first have to realize that, that just because someone's doing it doesn't mean that they're special and doesn't mean we can't do it, right? So it's got to be an acceptable thing to realize like you can. And then I, I don't actually think about how do we do it. It's I really, so my stuff is an identity. I want to know like how do we become the person who does it? Mm. That's, a, that's a better question. And it's a, a more realistic question because it, it initially, if you ask, how do I do it? You're going to be like, I'm not the kind of person that does that. Mm. You know, I don't, I'm not the kind of person that, that literally, like, I don't, I don't even do those things. How can I have that? I don't even do those things. Well, that's actually very true, but we don't ask the question of, well, how to become the person who does that? Because when, when you go through the process of becoming somebody, you naturally start by doing those things small mm-hmm. and you actually give yourself more grace. Like it's, it's like, if I had never spoken on a stage before, I was like, I'm gonna go out there. I'm the best speaker in the world. Like, no, it's weird ownership. It's going to be an odd thing because you're going to bomb, right? <laughs> right. If you go out and someone goes, what are you trying? Like, you know, I, I really want to see if I, if I can try to speak for the first time. You start that way. Oh, you probably can't do it. Oh, we're going to find out, I guess. I'm not going to say I'm going to be the best, but I'm going to try. Mm-hmm. And I go do it. And I go, yeah, I didn't do too well. See, told you you suck at it. Nah, well, everybody starts that way. Like, what if I, I learned this one thing. I had somebody take a look and they said this. I'm going to go try again. Now, why would you try again? Like, you suck. Yeah, but, but maybe I'm a little less sucky next time, right? The process goes, you give yourself grace. You say, I'm learning, I'm learning, I'm learning. Then you go, I learn. Then you go, I'm pretty good. And you go, hey, pay me for this. And then they get better. And you go, like, I got a skill set I'm developing. And it's like, I'm getting paid more. And you're like, damn it, I'm dope. Pay me a lot. <laughs> progression to get there. Yeah. And so I think if we can go, how do we get to become that person? That's a better question that can actually give you answers you can, you can utilize in some way. Mm-hmm. You said something in the interview that I was super, like, you used a quote that not many people use. And it is smooth seas do not make skilled sailors. And yeah, I was like, yeah. that's what I almost got that tattoo. Like it's a story, but I love that quote. And it makes me think of how cancel culture and uh, this sort of desire in our society that everything should be easy. We should be good at it the first time. Like that yeah. stops so many people from reaching their potential in any area and especially in relationships because mm-hmm. they think, well, I tried and I sank my boat or I tried and they laughed at me or I tried or whatever. But I love the determination that you brought, like in that interview where you're talking about stuff's going to be hard. Like it's going to be yeah. hard. Expect that and plan for it and show up with strength and with whatever. And so I wanted to talk about how that, how, like that idea of smooth seas don't make skilled sailors. Like how have yeah. you used that to your advantage to do so many amazing things? Yeah. Well, the good things, everybody's used it. I just, I, and I didn't, I not and I think we're unaware we use it. I use it in a sense of like explaining away the aspect of why my childhood was an asset to me, right? Because mm-hmm. it's hard, but at the same time, like I learned how to navigate rough seas. So when stuff gets crazy when I'm older, I have less, I guess I have less percentage of chances of, of my, all my responsibilities being disrupted because I can't handle hardship as an adult when I have more responsibilities. But what I've noticed is 
the hard stuff, yeah, it is hard. It's it's necessarily supposed to be that way, but there's there's a cool little nuance here of what people miss out on it. You're you're saying like I tried this, but I'm not good. I didn't get this thing, I didn't get here. And whenever you try things, two specific pieces of the pie fall into place. The first piece is if you do something in a stance of whatever it is, you're doing it long enough, you actually do in time develop the ability, the skill set. It happens. Like you develop this the sense of like, it's who I am because I've been doing it for a long time. But the problem is too many people are married to the outcome, not the effort. Mm-hmm. I want this outcome. I want this thing. And I'm constantly measuring myself up to whether or not I got there. Well, you didn't get there. So this you didn't get there today. You suck now. No, I, I, I use this quote. I tell people that you cannot question the purpose just because you lack the progress. Mm-hmm. Or you got, you got to just be okay with like being married to the effort. Cause when you're married to the effort, what happens? It's like, I tried that. You didn't succeed. Yeah. But you see how hard I tried. Like, Hey, my wife, they gave it all. Like I, I have the energy. That's a positive emotion. So I'm going to keep giving the energy because I'm, I'm enjoying the fact that I still show up and I keep doing my thing. Right. And then here's the, the missing piece of that, even that being a thing. So let's say that I go to the point of saying like, I'm going to get, I'm going to be married to the effort in the direction of my outcome. Let's be honest. I got to go in the direction of my outcome. I'm, I'm, I love it. I did good. I did bad. I would only feel bad if I didn't give full effort. Right. But I gave full effort. So even if I didn't get it, it's cool. I still gave full effort. Let's keep trying again. Mm-hmm. But what I love about this is whenever I do something over time, that was hard. I develop an unshakable sense of pride. Yes. And the pride thing is the beautiful piece. That's like this nugget of just, oh, when you can be proud of yourself, that's the thing that so many people lack. I think they go out into the world with no pride and no, no true ownership. So what happens is they actually get to a point of self-sabotage and I'll explain why this is come down the rabbit hole with me, people. No, this is good. (laughs) Love it. So, so if I haven't done the things to build the pride to say like, I'm the great, right? Well, as humans, we will actually never settle for less than we believe we deserve. So if I haven't built the pride for something high up here, what ends up happening is I will actually settle for what I believe I deserve. Mm. It ends up being down below because here's where my pride's at. I didn't do the hard work because God forbid I go out there and have a little bit of effort, have a maximum outcome and people go, but you didn't earn that. You don't know how to do that. They poke holes. And now you feel like, oh, shame, oh, you know. But imagine that you were married to the, to the effort and I showed up every day and I built pride and all of a sudden I got a skill set and I feel good. And I go out and say, you know what? I want to shoot for this. And if I go out there and only get this, I'm like, uh-uh, I got to keep going. I deserve this, right? There's a mm. different pull. And so somebody goes up and goes, what makes you think you believe that? Well, you know what? I've been the last 600 days doing this. I've been this for the last two years, three years. I've been digging. I've, I lost this. I built this. I did those things. And so now I believe this is my thing and I will never settle for less. And so the climb is different. And the only caveat was I just went back to the beginning and got married to the effort. The effort created the outcome and I have the pride to keep it. Ah, mm, I love that. I super love that. And you tap me on the leg. Know, That's I'm our signal to, to, like, to like talk. talk but but a- I, I want to I stick on that for a minute. So um, I, I finished 75 hard. I've done it twice, right? And the first time, the 75 hard program, it's, it's hard, you know, and the first time was like, oh, this sucks, but it is not the end thing. And then one of my favorite guys, Ed Milet, talks about we build self-confidence, self-esteem mm-hmm. by keeping the promises that we make to ourselves. And then Hell that yeah. turns into pride, like you were saying. And it's not like an ego trip kind of thing, like, no. oh, I'm prideful. No, it's an earned thing. Like, listen, I earned this. Nobody can take it away from me. 
I earned it. It's mine, you know? Yeah. So you can do it too. Just as much as I did it, you can do it too. Yeah. And so what 75, one of the things 75 hard taught me was like on the 40th day when I wanted to puke and it was freezing cold outside and I had to do my workout, I, was, I, I showed up, right? So I was married to the effort of like, I, I'm not looking to day 75. I'm looking to right now executing the things I got to do. And then after you do that for 75 days, you keep a bunch of promises you make to yourself. You feel really good on, on day 76. You know what I'm saying? And so yeah. stuff like this, I love, I love this type of thing because it doesn't only have implications, obvious implications for uh, who we are uh, independently, but how we show up, how I show up. If I'm like up here and got all this pride in a good way, how do you think I'm going to show up in my relationship with Melanie? Mm -hmm. You know, and how attractive is that going to be? And vice versa, when she does that same thing, they were like, okay, we're just like going to the top, not in a bad way, but in an earthen. Yeah, yeah. And together. And like one of my things is also is like, okay, if I can do it, if you can do it, if she can do it, what's what's stopping you? You know, write down your excuse for me. You know, say that you said something on Bill You Show. It's like, say your excuse out loud. You know, Sounds oh, stupid. I, I can't yeah. do that because of this. I'm like, okay, well, let's frame that and yeah. put it on your wall. You can have mm -hmm. it if you want it, but I'm not buying it. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, I like that. There was uh, another part of that, too, where you talked about in like working hard for the what is it? You literally just said it. Not being married to the outcome, but being married, married to the effort. The effort. <laughs> Goodness effort gracious. The and yeah. I rem you said something that reminded me of like when you're when you're in it like that and you're saying no I'm dedicated to this I'm going to work really hard no matter what I'm going to try for this long-term goal but I'm dedicated to the effort it makes mm -hmm. me think of times when we've been in arguments and he's wanted to give up and like get super mad and I'm like no this is this one stupid thing whether like what is it where you left your socks who parked the car where who got mad at whatever <laughs> I'm not going to let that derail all the success that we've had as mm -hmm. a couple yeah. and the success I want to see in the future and so I have mm -hmm. that same it reminds me of, like you were talking about your dedication to practicing and becoming better as a football player because you were so far, far behind and you're like no yeah. one's going to take this away from me I'm going to go after this and I'm going to work harder and so I would love to get your take on like how that how that actually sort of transmutes into our relationships and what we do and all of that stuff. No, it's all of it. You show up to the relationship as you like it. And if you aren't dope and good with you, then you, you can't, you can't follow through the right way. Cause I don't think relationships work with only one person's happy. Mm -hmm. And I don't think it, and, I, and the reason is because either I'm trying to borrow your happy or you're uh, you're like, it would pretty much like if you're, if I'm unhappy and you're happy, I would try to take it from you. Right. Mm -hmm. Or you come to the relationship and you find that I'm not, and you try to give it to me. And I don't want to take it, right? It's just weird. It's a back and forth. No matter what, it's difficult. So what I find is when you have somebody who has a sense of settled inside, which is a really interesting thing, I, I find that I don't do well around people who aren't settled inside. When there's a lot of chaos, they like craziness. And I'm not talking about drama. I'm talking about right. genuine, like unsettled. It's just weird. I don't even know how to talk to you, handle this, right? You know, so it's like, I can't handle it. And so when you have people that, that do something that they that they love, that makes them feel great about themselves. They come back to their relationships happy. I think that's the most, for me, the most important part of it. Like my marriage works right now because of certain things I lean on my wife for and certain things that I don't ever need to. Early on in the business, I thought I needed to have her be completely up to speed with everything in the business. And if not, we weren't in communication the right way. She's like, I don't care what you do. She's like, I love you and I care about you. She's like, I don't really care. She's like, I, don't, I, I want to. She's like, but I don't. You're making me have to care. It's weird. And I'm like, but I want you to, right? And I came to find it would make her unhappy. It would make me unhappy. She felt like she had to give me something. I always felt like I wanted to take something. And I come to find it's like, 
no, I don't, I don't need to go there with that. I have people that in my world that I can talk to about business and I can be happy over here. And guess what? Now I come back to the relationship happy. She doesn't feel like she's giving me anything and we get to be joy together. Mm-hmm. And she has her stuff she does. I kind of know what she does more than she knows what I do because I just, and I'm, I'm a weird guy. But I, I also, in certain areas, I'm like, I don't care what you're doing over there. Just go do your thing, right? right. But then we, we come sit in the couch. Don't be in a bad mood. You know what I'm saying? Like be in a yeah. good mood. Yeah. And then right. we're good. So the relationship, I think it's all, it, it ties together because if you bring the right people to like the, the party, we'll call it, who have done the things in the background that we're talking about, mm-hmm. it makes it actually effortless. It's, it's like, a, I feel more free in a relationship than I could ever have felt single. Right, mm. right. I love now that. that is good. I, I no, got I got to say no. something, lady. Oh, I got to. So, so from a, a family therapist perspective, we call that differentiation of self, and this is going to add value to to our listeners here because we get a Ooh. lot of this stuff, and we've also yeah. gone through it ourselves. So, what you're talking about is being differentiated. Like, yo, I can be happy. I can be yeah. solid. I can be settled. Even if my wife or even if my husband is not, mm-hmm. that's mm-hmm. their thing. That's their work. I love them. I respect them. But I can't do that work for them, right? So you, you're talking about um, like what, what you and your wife, uh, what you had mentioned was, okay, yeah, I, I don't need to know all this stuff about your business. I don't, right? I love you. I care about you, but no. Pro- profit and loss, all that stuff, I don't, I don't care, right? Taxes, I don't care. And you, were, you could hear that and go, oh, okay, that doesn't mean that we're not connected. We're not on the same page. It's just not her thing, right? And then some of her stuff isn't her thing. Then at the end of the day, we can come and sit on the couch and spend real quality time together, you know, but so many people, we call it like being uh, fused or um, uh, being in enmeshed systems and stuff like that. It's like, oh my gosh, I'm so unsettled. I can't be happy unless I know everything is cool right. over here. And then the other person's like, listen, you're making me do all this work. It's driving me crazy. But then that, 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 that just makes them like pour more fuel on the fire right. because our anxieties and stuff like that. So that's really good. Just Tell me maybe a minute more. How did you guys come to that realization? Was it after a ton of talk or like, yeah, it's just seeing the normal thing to do? How did you guys get there? We got divorced. <laughs> okay. That's serious. Well, I knew, I, yeah, I, I knew that part, but that eyebrow so it was, was that like way perfect. before. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, we, yeah, we got divorced. And then, uh, you know, but we, we were 16 years old when we got together and we had to figure out ourselves who we are separately. It's very, very interesting. And then what ended up happening is we got back together, right? And and in doing so, we started, I started, I think, navigating the conversations different. I started hearing things different, seeing things different. And part of it started to come to pass of like, I would actually ask myself these questions before I would lean into her. Mm-hmm. I would ask like, well, do I really need her to have to look, why am I, why am I needing this? Like I did self-introspection. Why do I need this? Why do I, why does she have to know about the business? And I would convince myself, well, she's my wife. She'll be the closest to me. I'm like, but everywhere? Like everywhere, you know, like this. Mm-hmm. So I was like, I don't think she needs to be in everything. And I was like, dude, maybe you just find some, what do you, I like, and I started asking, what would her knowing do for you? But what, mm-hmm. what, what is, what does somebody knowing do for you? And it's like, she would just know. And I was like, well, maybe I could have somebody else in my team know these things. Cause she's not trying to think through this stuff on like what I should do with the damn funnel and with the landing page opt-in thing. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like she doesn't, right. she doesn't care. And I'm like, she also doesn't care. What if I could find someone who cares, who will listen to me that at the same time, like, I, I feel comfortable giving him information. That's my outlet. Now I can drop that ball over there and be okay. And like that was the catalyst. So I, and I think for her, she, I think when we work back and forth, I will have conversations of like, look, you know how you like, you won't listen to me. Like, I don't want to listen to you. Like I'll do that. And I'm very transparent. I'll just be like, I, I love you. If you need some help, I'll, I've got, and I'll sit, I'll be like, all right, you got, you got, I'll give you my brain and we'll sit and I'll think and I'll figure it out. And I'll be like, all right, I, I got faith. You'll figure it out now. And I walk away. 
And it became this weird practice. And I think what we try and do now is try to find ways to have the hard conversations necessary to alleviate the stress we're creating. Mm. Mm. I like that. That's good. The stress we're creating is the, what yeah. you just said. Yeah. That's great. It's all, it's all self-imposed, man. It's because it's right. self-imposed thoughts and issues and timelines and deadlines and who made it. Nobody walked in the house and said, right. here, guys, this has got to be done. Like, we did that. Mm-hmm. So right. why, why do we do that? So I'm like, why do we do that? I don't know. Let's stop. What's the, you want to take that vacation again? No, I don't feel like doing it. I was not go. So we don't do it. You know, it's, it's very weird. Right. Um, I often tell our clients, like when we have coaching clients, I'll say show point, point at the anger. Like, where is it at? Point at the frustration. Like show, where in the room is it sitting? And they're like, uh, and then they point at themselves. Right. It's so, my lap dog. Right. <laughs> so what, how did you, cause I love the, the term that you use, like, you don't like being around people or you have a hard time being around people who aren't settled. And I think that that is so brilliant. And I feel that same energy where it's like, you're around someone who's, I use this analogy. I grew up, we lived on a, like a pond. And if you would swim in the pond, if you got your feet too low, you would kick up the mud and it looked really scary and it would come up at you and you'd freak out, but you are the one who kicked up the mud. (laughs) Nothing bad happened. Right. So I often use that like around people like that, who just want to kick up the mud and talk about the mud. And so how did you transition into being a more settled person? I know you mentioned like your wife, after you separated, you saw yeah. that she was starting to come more settled. So how do we do that? How did you do that? Yeah. I don't know. We, I think it was just, uh, I became aware of, of the funk, man. Cause you, this is the weird process of how the world works. The world's a mirror. So let's start there. The world will reflect back to you what you give out to it. Period. If I go out in the world and I start spitting on people, I might get spit on. You know, if I give handshakes or hugs, I might get some hands. It's a mirror. It's how it works. 100% no. There's that one crazy guy that doesn't want to be happy today. Let's be honest. But majority of the time, you give something good, you get something back. But you can only give what you have inside. If I don't have joy, it's hard to give joy. So it's hard to get joy back. If I have negativity inside of me, I give negativity. I get negativity back. So I was like, well, how do I get rid of all this stuff? And so what I started doing was just kind of like, trying to figure myself out, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. It was like these discussions I would have, like, why is this bothering? What's going on? Where's this? So my settled inside came a lot with ownership. That's the big thing. I had a lot of conversations. And like, when I talk about that, that window from like, you know, January to October, that 10 month, this is exactly what I did. I woke up and I looked in the mirrors like this dude ain't settled. I didn't say that, but I was like, I don't like this guy. Mm -hmm. He wasn't settled inside. He was running amok, you know, having multiple different partners and, you know, hanging out and partying and drinking. And like, it's just stuff that was super unsettled. And if you look at like Victor Frankl has that great book, it's called mm-hmm. Man's Search for Meaning. He talks about the existential vacuum. Mm-hmm. I will suck all the things in the world into my body, but it never plugs a hole. Mm-hmm. The right stuff, right? I had no meaning. I was just doing my thing and I'm floating. And so I started realizing like, this doesn't feel good, man. I'm feeling tired and then nothing's coming to fruition. And so I would start asking myself and I cut, I legit cut everybody off. I cut women off. I cut like parties off. I didn't go anywhere. I would sit on my couch in my front room and I would stare at a wall and I would ask a bunch of questions I didn't want to have the answers to. Mm. Why'd your marriage fail? Why are you not being a good dad? Why is the business not going as well as it should? Why in the world are you out of shape? You own a gym. All these real questions. And to be quite honest, like I realized I was a common denominator in all of my problems. It was always me. Whether it was I caused it or I was allowing it. It was all part of me which is some real deep ownership and it, sh- it sucks. It really sucks. I sit there and go like, oh my gosh, you're, yeah, you're the one that shot yourself in the foot. You see that Spider-Man meme? Who's spending all my money? And then it's Spider-Man's face, you know, like <laughs> yeah. that's what it was. And then what happens is now here's a big piece. You want to talk about unsettled to settled. You start giving yourself permission to improve. That's it. 
The mm-hmm. ego has got to subside because the ego keeps that guy in place, keeps that girl in place. The ego is like, I don't want anybody to see me sweat. I can't look bad on social media. But at the end of the day, if you keep that ego in place and never give yourself permission to improve, you will never improve. So you have to keep enduring this crazy, unsettled life. But when I did, I started realizing, like, you know what? Like, I, I, my wife did some stupid stuff in a marriage. However, like, there was a role I played. It sucks to accept, but I played a small role, period. I just did. Maybe not even small. Played a good, good-sized role. It was half me to get us in this whole weird situation. It's like, that's an ownership thing. Um, the kids, the parenting, like, I wasn't a great dad. I was blaming on the business and needing me to be there. But you know what? I was in control of the business. I could change whatever I wanted to change, right? Mm-hmm. So you start sitting there and you start understanding what it is. And I think when you can have those conversations and be okay being alone, because we're never actually alone. You're always with you, right? When, when, I, when I look back on it, I wasn't able to be alone. And when I wasn't settled, I didn't like being with me. Mm-hmm. Now I'll go take like a three-hour walk with myself because this dude's cool as hell. I like him. Let's go ahead. <laughs> Uh, I love that. But you build into it. And then I think that's the thing. The more you build it at level of like, I, I'm doing the work. I'm finding out who I am. I'm answering the questions. I'm, I'm answering the questions. I'm doing that stuff. I'm giving myself permission to improve. You go down this path to where like nothing bothers you. Like I always have a tool belt. It's like I got Batman's tool belt to fix these things. I realize like, dude, I'm, I'm the Joker. It's very interesting. Ah, that's good. That is good. Uh, have you ever heard that? Quote, I think it's I who knows who it's from, but it's the like uh, the biggest challenge is for a man to sit alone in a room with himself. Mm. I've Have never you ever heard, heard that. that? Oh, no. I can't remember. It's it's like Victor Frankl. It's someone like that. It's a quote like that talks about the biggest challenge for a man is to be able to sit alone in a room with his own thoughts. Mm-hmm. Right. Oh, and cool. I, I love that because you said like I sat on my couch and t- looked at a wall and talked to myself. And that's okay. where I think. So many people who are in who feel that unsettled feeling, they want to go out. They say, "No, I gotta go talk to a therapist. I gotta go talk to my mom. I gotta talk to my friend. I gotta talk to my guys. Blah, 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 all that stuff." And then yeah. they look for people to blame. Yes. So it's everything is externalized. It's pushed away. It's never like. And then I played what part, and I continue to do what thing that's not helpful. And so yeah. I love that that extreme ownership, that responsibility element of how did I how did I make part of this happen? And I know um, that your wife cheated on you, right? That was why you got divorced. Is that mm-hmm. correct? Yeah. That, was okay the, that, that was what led to it. No, no, it's fine. I talk about it all the time. It's, it's what okay. led to it for sure. But yeah, yeah, it was most definitely, I was like the, like, all right, that's not going to work anymore. Right. Mm-hmm. And you had a really, a really poignant part where you talked about like, what part did I play in this? Like what part did I, how did I help manufacture some of this? Even if you didn't think of it that way and all of that, I'd love you to just talk about that. So we have tons of listeners obviously who go through similar you know, things fidelity. it's yeah. it's scary too and then people are like it's funny that tom bill you think someone in there goes uh on, on the comments goes all oh, the moment he said he got back with his ex-wife after she cheated on my i got off and somebody else goes you idiot you should have paid attention because explain right. you know yeah because uh, here's the crazy thing they got websites ashley madison exists because this is a prominent part of our world unfortunately mm-hmm. i wish it wasn't but it's part of it and I will tell you this, based on what we have now, I would go through it 70 times over to get what we have. Mm-hmm. But I like it. No. But would I, do I know I have at the back end of it? Oh, hell yeah. This is, this is beyond worth. And here's the thing. We were 16 years old. We didn't know what the hell we were doing. We were kids having kids, building up, growing up. We didn't have any base of knowledge. We were just, I think we were just like using each other as like these, these gaps when we were kids. And so we just built up, had a kid, we're locked in. Then we get home and there's a sense of I've been with you since I was 16. We got a kid. I know you. We're just going to just be chill. So I actually got to the point of just being chill. Like I wasn't doing the things a good husband does anymore. I was, you make excuses. She ain't going anywhere. When you take things for granted, 
things feel like they're being taken for granted, really. Like, so I'm, not only am I not helping as much, but she got these newborn twins and a four-year-old at the house. And it's just crazy. That's too many kids for anybody, to be quite honest with myself. <laughs> and then I'm at this gym and I'm not even making money. I'm, I'm at the gym trying to make money. I'm there from 6 a.m. to 10 p.m. I'm not even present at my home. So as far as she knows, like I'm gone all waking hours of the day for months. And I'm just like, she's going to be there. She's going to be fine. I'm doing this for the family. We're going to be here. She's fine. And I really didn't realize I was doing it for me to, to fill the gap of no more football. And so what happens is she didn't do things to intentionally hurt me. And I think that's the hard thing that people, when, whenever you feel so hurt by the person closest to you, the thought is, how could you do this to me? Mm-hmm. And that is a question that I 100% asked, and it's one that has a place. But the bigger question, I believe, is when they're sitting there and they're going, the question they're actually asking is, how do I get my needs met? The thought wasn't to maliciously damage me or maliciously hurt me. It was just to do for them because they weren't getting done for them what they needed. Someone present, a conversation. Like that was the, the needs, the physical, mm-hmm. the inter- I wasn't there. Right. So should she have come to me and had a different conversation? Oh, 1,000% yes. We are in 100% agreement. She made a horrible decision and she understands that. We agree upon that. There's no question. But I had a role in us even working the relationship to a point in time where she even thought she needed to make a decision in the first place. That's where my fault lies. Past that, that's on her, right? Now, when you go to how can you forgive, the way that I learned to forgive was realizing what I said a moment ago. She didn't actually do it un, uh, intentionally to hurt me. And to be, like, be quite honest, there's that Sun Tzu statement that says, when you finally learn to like, fully understand your enemy, you learn to love your enemy. Mm-hmm. And I think it's because you start to understand the human. Like when I can put myself in her heart, it's like I'm at home and I'm tired and I'm being faithful. I'm not being reciprocated. I got these kids and they're driving me insane and they're crazy and their dad's not here and there's not money coming in. We're not even paying the mortgage. It's dark and it's quiet and I can't talk to him. He's not, he's not here. Just, there's, this, there's a darkness there. Like a dark, we call it the dark times, to be honest, in our marriages. It's literally, it's labeled the dark times. Half mm-hmm. the stuff we can't remember. It's just dark, right? right. Yeah. And, and that's what it is. So I'm like, that is a heavy place. And I, I hate to think that I, I was part and left my wife in that dark place alone. When I got married or I, Richard poured, you know, all that stuff. And so now I'm, I'm the person responsible for her actually feeling like she's out on an island by herself with no one to support her. And so when you feel that, it's like, damn, that, that had to suck. Mm-hmm. So when I go to the stage of forgiving, like I'm forgiving because I realized the pain I caused. And that's where we can move to the next stage of the marriage and go, okay, great. Well, I hate how it transpired. And there's different stuff to work through with the physical nature and all this to be honest. That's a whole different conversation. Right. It's a journey, right? Mm-hmm. But the catalyst to it was like, I realized my role. She realized what she did. We both made amends for that part of it. And in trying again, the thought was like, what if we can create something way different than that? A different conversation, a different way we did things, a different way of asking, a different way of telling, a different way of hearing, all these things. And so the more you, you kind of go into creating something different, you create something better. Mm-hmm. So our marriage now, million times better than it ever could have been had that not happened. Yeah, that that's awesome. There's there's two things. Um, one is so a part of our story. Like Melanie punched me in the face. I had to support a black eye for like two weeks. You know, not cool. And that was only like four years into our marriage, right? And that was the dark times. Like we we were both like had suicidal thoughts. We we're like, this sucks. We gotta get out of here. Just craziness. And that went on for two years. Would I trade that for anything in the world? No. I wouldn't because we have we have this. I mean, the studio, the podcast, the coaching, 
all this, mm. we have that from the lessons we learned, right? right. And another mm. thing that you said earlier was, because you're, you're talking a lot about creation right now, and you said, what you create creates you, right? Yeah. And I wanted, to, I wanted to dive into that a little bit. So that, that goes to like the darker things and then also the good things. So if I create, create an environment that's maybe dark or negative or, or you know, self-loathing or anything, then that's what I become, right? So if I'm creating the opposite of that, that's what I become. So can you talk a little bit about that? Like, how did you create this new, this new you, like, you know, post-affair yeah. and, and remarriage and stuff did like that? Did you and your wife, like, talk about that? Like, we want to be different people. This is how we're going to have to do it? I think we had to be different people to make it work in the first place. Right. I mean, to be honest, when it, when it got to the back end of that, that three-year window, like, I, I mean, we had those full-out text messages back and forth. I hate your guts. It's all your fault. For years. For mm-hmm. years. We had a lot of craziness happen. I don't, I don't say this very often, but there was a moment in time where one of her ex-boyfriends came to my house when she was there, like, hiding from him. And I shot him in his leg. What? What? Yeah, we had some weird stuff. We had some weird stuff. It was weird. That- I never- it, hey, I that's got, badass. I, I like that. I'm like, like, okay. Like, Maybe yep. that's day. I love that. I, I don't I don't have pride in it to be honest. It's not one of those things I'm like, yeah, it's cool. I, and I only say that to let everybody know that that stuff can go crazy. And I'm right. human, right? It's and and to be honest, like it was I did nothing wrong. The police told me if I'd have shot him in his head, I'd have been justified. Like mm. that's crazy to hear, but I'm like, nah, I ain't living that life. So I say it all to say that we were just different people. And then what took place is when I woke up that that day and I was like, I don't like me across town in a different city, you know. She was over there and she had found this, her brother had given her this book by Joyce Myers. She woke Joyce up, yeah. Myers, like my favorite person yeah. ever. Keep talking. Kind of, yeah. So she, she gets the book. And the funny thing is her brother's not the kind of guy to give books. Like we're our, our joke and my joke, I guess we haven't heard as much. I'm like, he must've got it while breaking into cars. I don't know how he got the book. You know? <laughs> like hey, if that's how it came. That's I know, good. right? The Lord <laughs> yeah. works in mysterious ways. <laughs> he reads some ways. So he ends up, yeah. Um, he ends up going in give the book. She wakes up one day on a Sunday. She's like, I'm by myself. The kids aren't there. I'm hungover and I can't get a hold of any of my people. And I just sat, she's like, I just, I realized that this can't be my life ongoing. And so she started doing her own work. She found Christ. She built, she started doing her own thing. And on my side, I was also like, I, it's around the time I kind of like, for, I say forgave. I kind of, I made amends for my role. And I think in doing so, it allowed her to not feel like she was going to operate in shame. And if she did try and come out that I'd squash her back down kind of thing. And so we, we just kind of became through, through different stuff to people and that create creates is, is it travels in different areas. It's usually for an identity thing, but it, it covers here for sure. Cause what happens is the process of creation is hard and it's difficult and it's long and it's arduous. And so my journey was like, I talked to the guy she had an affair with. I, I made amends for people in my life that had wronged me. I, I owned up to stuff, apologizing my kids, I apologized to my ex-wife and like all these things that go on. That's the creation process. And in doing so, you become more of what you're doing. So I became more the forgiving guy, became more the loving guy, became more the owning guy, became that guy who could do these things. Most people are like, are you crazy? What's wrong with you? I'm like, I don't know. It just, it felt right. It was, it was the right thing to do. It didn't, it didn't, it didn't feel easy, but it felt right. If that's a better way to explain it. Mm-hmm. And, and so on her side, she did the same thing. She finally really apologized. She stopped doing certain things. She would, you know, show up, she'd be more present. She, she wanted to do more stuff at the park with the kids. She'd ride her bike and walk the dogs by my house randomly all the time. You know, these things started happening. And, and then at one point she's like, Hey, do you want to go take a vacation to Costa Rica? Cause I want to get away from our town. I just want us to be, you know, I, I don't want to be together, but I don't want to be in this town. I was like, yeah, I'll go hang out. You know? So like that was the build, but we, we were both in our own worlds, other sides 
creating these better lives and the better lives created better people mm. and people that we felt proud of being and showing up in the world, regardless of the past, right? That's a cool thing is it can always change. It's never stuck in stone. There's always different things that could be done. But a lot of people are like, oh, this is who I am now for the rest of my life. It's like, no, no, it's not. It's only if you choose to be there. But that, that language of create creates you is simply saying, if you want to wake up one day and feel like you are that human, to have that internal, you must create something to where it creates that sense of you inside. Mm-hmm. Mm. I think it's interesting because so many people, want, they wait to feel like doing something. They uh, like you just said, like, I'll apologize. I'll, I'll do that work. And then I'm the person who apologizes and does that work. And we have so many, I think, especially, well, it's usually the, the angry spouse that we're working with is like, well, I was mad then. So I didn't. Yeah. Mm. Like, duh, that's when you do it. So talk about, yeah. talk about just that, like doing the work when you don't really feel like it, but you know, it's the right thing to do. Oh man, it's easy. I, I literally say that we have to take a pause. I was on a podcast, a podcast clubhouse show yesterday talking about this. Here's an actual question I ask myself uh, almost daily sometimes. And the question is simple. What will make the next moments of my life better? I don't ask the question, what do I want to do next? Because then it's going to go in a different It's going to go in a direction of your emotion of what feels easiest almost all the time. But if I ask, what will make the next moment better? Well, the next moment could get better if I was to just apologize. Mm-hmm. I don't want to do that, though. But I know it needs to be done. Ugh. All right. Hey, you know what? I'm sorry. And I'll do this in the middle of fights sometimes. It throws her for a loop. It does. We don't always fight. We almost rarely fight. But when we do and I'm wrong, I'll be like, you're right. Yeah, yeah, stop. You're right. You're right. I mean, I can go back and forth. I could argue. We could spin us out for the next few weeks and months. But you know what? To be quite honest, I'm, let's be honest. I should have done this. I messed it all up. Don't just say it because I'm not. No, I'm being dead serious right now. Like, I, <laughs> you know, it's a natural thing. And I'm like, I'm being dead serious. And then you can, if you can explain back to them why you get it. Now you bypass that. And it makes the next moments better. You have sex, you hang out, life's good. There's not a bunch of crazy. Or you can be in like those silent battles for the next four days for no reason. All because you just wouldn't say you were wrong. Right, right. right. And that sucks. We've all been there. It's like, yeah. yeah. She still does it, man. It's hell of annoying. Yeah. she's <laughs> Dude, she still has this thing where like she'll, she'll know she's wrong. And in the moment, I'll explain to her. And you can see in her head because she's a logical person. She right. gets and I'm like, you know, I know I can see you get what I'm saying right now. No, I don't. And she'll do that. And then like, whatever. And then it'll last for a couple of days. And then when it comes down to be like, yeah, I knew. I just didn't fly committed. Right. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I knew. I knew. I think that yeah. happens with, with us. Everybody. More so from this way to me. So, yeah. Yeah. I'm it's the one who will stop. I'll stop a yeah, fight. Yeah, you'll stop I'll it. stop a fight. You'll, but you'll he, stop it. Uh, so, so I want to be mindful of your time, but talk a minute for uh, this this thing that you call transformational identity shift coaching. And I know yeah. we, we we've been talking about that, but let's 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 stick there for a minute. Yeah, well, we haven't really talked about it too much. The, the end of the day, what we're talking about is in the framing of a relationship and all these things that come to pass. They're all outcomes in life we desire, right? I want to have I want to have more money. I want to have a better body. I want to have a better house, car. I want to have a better relationship. And these are all things that that we can have if we're the person to have them. I do not believe you can have a dream that is beyond your current identity. Mm. I don't think it's possible. I've, I've tried. And then what happens is either you, you mess up along the way, it drains you and burns you out, or you, you end up getting it and then it's quickly lost because you don't appreciate it, like win the lottery, right? But the reality is if, if you look at what I do in my coaching, I am saying, okay, what do you want? We lay out what we want. And I go, okay, great. Well, who is the kind of person identity-wise that has that? Because the reality was, in my opinion, and when I realized it was like, if I was already that person, I would already have those things. And if you think about it, look, go logic with it. Let's say that there's, I know what to do. We're in a world right now with too much information. I call it the epidemic of shelf esteem. I got mm-hmm. stuff. 
It's on the shelf. Feel good. It's all in my head, right? But then what happens, it's not in my life. Very rarely is it in my life. I go, damn, it's just, it's really weird that, you know, it's not. And I go, what's the problem with a lot of people? And I go, okay, well, most people know the stuff. And what happens is, well, if you ask somebody in a moment, say, I got to get this done at 12 o'clock, it's got to get done. And 12 o'clock rolls around. And most people go, oh, I'm tired, had a long day, couldn't get it done. And whatever, maybe some excuse. And then I ask clients of mine, like, what happened? I had this long day, that whole thing. And I go, what, what did you say you had a dream? What was the dream? And they'll tell me the vision. I go, do you know what to do? Yeah. Well, you gave me an excuse. Yeah. Okay. Well, the person who has that thing, would they have made that excuse? Mm. And it's simple because the answer is no. So I go, so it's not what you know. It's who you are with what you know. Mm-hmm. So what, when I look at what I'm doing with my coaching, I'm like, hey, what do you know? What should be done? Okay, how do we get you to become that person? How do we shift you into that person? Because when you become that person, those things get done and you get to have the stuff you want. Mm-hmm. Now, the cool thing is, it's not like I have to do all this work to shift and then I get what I want later on. The way it's done is that create creates. Mm-hmm. We're actually achieving while transforming the entire time. It's a synergy. It's, it's a marriage mm-hmm. of two parts. So where some people think like, I'm going to transform and then I'm going to achieve. No, you don't. You, you also don't achieve and then transform. You do it together. Mm-hmm. And so if, if you go into the focus of how do I structure a, a life process that tells me where I want to go, which is who I want to become, but you can be based on what I want to have, right? You can start what I want to have or who do I want to become. If you go with what I want to have, say, great. You want to have that? Who has that, right? Or you could say who I want to become that has that thing. You can go whatever way, but eventually that's the end result. Then we go, okay, great. Where are you at now? Because most people, they cannot see the label because they're inside the jar. Mm-hmm. They don't know where the hell they're at, really. They're just kind of floating around doing things, working hard. And I'm working hard. But who are you really? Oh, I'm this guy. No, you're not. You don't even see this is why you're still there, right? Mm-hmm. Figure that out. And then we chart that path between to create over time. And then it's kind of like being at a coffee shop on, you know, on a Friday at, at 2 o'clock in the afternoon. You get there. You got some work to do. And you're, you're on your phone. You're scrolling. You're like, oh, I got to work. And you sit down. For the first five minutes, you're trying to focus, like trying to focus. And all of a sudden, you pop up three hours later. It's like, oh, crap, I got to go. I lost three hours, but I got so much done, right? Mm. That's how the shift works. Mm. First week, two weeks, you're you're focused. And all of a sudden, it just drowns out. And you pop up three months, four months later, like, whoa, I'm in better shape. My marriage is better. I got more money. That's the work I do. Okay, so help me understand this and tell me if I'm, I'm thinking correctly. So I'm going to reference back 75 hard, right? So mm-hmm. I decided to do that and I was like, okay, I'm the type of man, the type of person that finishes a program like 75 hard, right? Like in my mind, I'm like, okay, I am that type that, that I, I took on that identity. I'm going to finish, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Now, I hadn't finished yet, but every single day I was doing things that was getting me there, right? So I was transforming while achieving at the same time. Am I, am I going down the correct line? Because I, I honestly, I want to know, like when, when I decided to do that. I did it too. You I did? did I, I did. I lost like 37 pounds doing it in the beginning of the year. I was fed. Oh. I got fed, dog. <laughs> I did, That's I an awesome program. I, was, I was sitting at home with a bunch of wine. The, the one caveat, which is a problem with the program, but I don't think it's a problem because the way it's designed works because mm-hmm. it's mass developed is where you said I'm the kind of person that finished the program. I, I would say I'm the same thing. I was more so the kind of guy that, that finished each day. Mm. And that was the thing. If I just, I don't, I don't not get this done today. It's, it's not the kind of person. I'm not the guy who doesn't finish this today. And, and the thing is, it's built in a way to create that person. Even if you aren't that person, mm-hmm. just, fin- just focus on, I got to finish the day. And the more you finish the days, the more you become the person who doesn't finish the days. Because mm-hmm. I don't want to let this guy down that spent 37 days doing the same thing every day. 
right? So you're becoming that guy. And then what happens is what's cool, I really like about the program, it gets you into a good rhythm. That's what it is. It's, it's a new rhythm you're resetting for your entire body, your entire life. Mm-hmm. The one caveat that I don't like about it is he doesn't tell you what to do. He doesn't tell you the food to eat, the structure to eat. Like, it's kind of like, here's a process, do this stuff, but guess whatever workout you want to make up, go ahead and right. choose some food. Where, where I'm going, in, in life, a lot of us do that. We just go and start doing things and we get to the back end and we go, I'm better, but I don't know if I'm better where. Am I better in an area that maybe, maybe I could have been better and I've been in this direction. For example, the workouts, I'm better because I'm doing a workout, but you know what? At this point, I'd like to run a marathon, but I just gained 20 pounds of muscle, you know? like right. it may not be that. So the idea is if, if you do what I'm saying, it's kind of the same structure of do some similar stuff every day. In fact, we get down to doing five things a day, very similar to that structure. It's just psychologically sounds probably where you got it from. But I look at, all right, am I doing the things that are going to take me at the end of this to the exact location with certainty that I want to be? That's the one thing we don't always do. A lot of us, we start working towards things. We don't think about what am I doing and who am I becoming with these things? Because I might do these things and go, you know what? I followed this direction because my boss, Sharon, said to do it. But I just realized I hate Sharon's life. And so does Sharon. <laughs> now it's like, damn, you know what I'm saying? So like you start noticing. So I'm just like, you should do the same thing, but do it with more intention. And I just do some similar stuff in the realm of life, not just your physical body. Mm-hmm. Right. I want to ask you. So it's funny. He did 75 hard. And when he was doing it, I was so mad at him. I was like, I calculated the hours that he was not spending at home. Like, that's how stupid <laughs> I was about it. And about three quarters of the way through, I was like, I love this version of Seth. I have mm. never seen someone so yeah. dedicated. He stopped yeah. and then I started. So I did 75 hard right after he did it. And nice. I love like I love the the way that it sets in routine and rhythm. And it does it like totally transforms your day. One thing that I notice in a lot of like our coaching clients and people who write into our show is that they, they love to stay stuck in their excuses. Like it's their yeah. favorite thing ever, but they don't know it. And they'll well, talk about how much, like, I want to be, oh, I want that life. I want that. I wish I had that money. I wish I had that body. But it's like, well, what the, the hell are you doing to get it? So I want like, why don't you kick some of our listeners asses there for just. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, the problem is, is no one wants to be homeless. Bear with me. I'm going to go somewhere with that. Look, I, I drop little nuggets out. I'm going to come. I'm going to feed you baby birds. Here we go. So <laughs> the idea is that a lot of us have these identities. It's like a house we built. This is who I am. And I feel comfortable in this house. I built this house. And the idea of, of leaving this house is scary because, well, I would just go be homeless and no one wants to be homeless. I don't want to feel like I'm not somebody, right? The problem is at a certain point we go, I hate this house. I don't like this house. I want more than what this house is, but I haven't built another house. So what we do is we have to kind of like be okay to leave this house for a day and go try this new thing, but build that little house and come back to the house. Mm-hmm. And I leave the house again. I go build a little bit of the house. I come back to the house, but you can do it. And eventually you go, you know what? I'm spending more time at this new house than at the old house. After a while, I'm like, F that house. I build a new one, right? So you, you got you to get out of the conversation of keeping yourself protected in that house and going, I want more than this house, but this is the only house I got. Build another house, right. baby steps. Leave the house, go do some, come back after a while. It's livable. And you can transfer into that new house or shift right. in the new house. What I love about that analogy is that it's really freaking hard to build a house. Like mm-hmm. it, it takes a lot of work. And we had to renovate the house that we were living in because it was a crap hole. And it was literally like, it felt like we just worked 24 hours a day, but we all wanted day. this land. Yeah, all day. And you're up till two in the morning and whatever. But, but the house is better though. It's like, it feels better because you were in it, right? You right. did it. It's all ours. It's on our land. Like it's all the mm-hmm. things that we were trying to work toward, but it took a crap ton of work. And yeah. I feel like that's where I 
I just don't have any patience anymore. I know that sounds weird, but I don't love when people want to tell me all the reasons they can't do something and bitch about the fact that they don't have the outcome. Like mm -hmm. if you get, yeah. get, grab that hammer. You want to, you want to move into that house, get your tool belt on. Mm -hmm. yeah. Don't tell me that you don't want to swing a hammer anymore. Right. You know, I, get, um, I totally get it. I, I, I don't listen to those people after a while. I, right. Here's what I tell them. I tell them this. I say, you don't like that. Okay, cool. Let's, let's, let's what's, what's the problem. They'll give me some excuse. It's usually external. Like, okay, great. So you know, it exists now, right? Yeah. Okay. So now here's, here's a reality you don't want. Every moment that you still experience this, it's your fault. So if you want to complain, it's great. Like I've, I've had people that best friends of mine that were in relationships kept complaining about the marriage. I'm like, bro, have you said that this, said this to her? No, I haven't said anything yet. Well, then how is she going to know to fix it? I don't know. I said, well, then every moment you're in this marriage, you don't want to be in it. it it's your fault. Mm -hmm. If you're not going to tell her, you're not going to do anything, bro. I don't want to keep hearing about it. It's right. Change it. Talk to her, change it, something, because now it's your fault that it's enduring. So these people who keep doing these things, I ask them, okay, what have you done? Well, nothing. I don't want to say anything. Well, your fault now. <laughs> you know, right. you're, right. you're stuck there and you're the one that keeps pressed, keeping the door closed. You're like, how do I, how do I get out of this pull door? I keep pushing it. Well, you got to, you got to change the direction of energy and then I'll change. Oh, that's good. Change <laughs> the direction good. of energy. Like that's, that's much more than just physical. It's like mental, spiritual, even, and like un unlocking all that stuff. So my man, uh, so for our listeners, all you guys are baby birds. We've been fed today. You know what I'm saying? Just like dropping little nuggets of stuff. Um, if people want to find what you do, want to hook up, uh, want to listen to the show, where, where can they go? Where can we direct First them off, to? First off, we can't hook up. I'm married. So I'm just, <laughs> yeah. Well done. Oh, there you go. Okay. You know what I mean. Yeah, laugh track. <laughs> little laugh track. No, um, yeah, you know, if you go to Instagram at Anthony Trucks, the fast way to find me. And then I have a book coming out August 24th called Identity Shift. If you go to identityshiftbook.com uh, and then you get the book, it's a real quick process and use the code AOM, Anatomy of Marriage. You'll get, uh, you'll get a free audio book, workbook, and a digital book with the book. Awesome. Thank nice. you so much, Oh, man. did you yeah. do the audio book? You recorded it? I am yourself? in the middle. I, I did record and then I had to re-record because apparently my audio compression sucked. But yes, oh. I, I am I am the voice of the book. Oh, that's yes. my favorite. I love audiobooks and they're always better when it's the author who's uh, reading them. So I'm yeah, glad it is. to hear it. And you also have a podcast, a website, your own coaching program, all kinds oh. of stuff. You yeah. guys, you got you you gotta go check that out. I yeah. am so thankful to the Lord and the angels that we, we finally got to do this. Um, uh, and uh, yeah, man, it, it's so much, uh, I, I love going back and listening to our shows and know, this is right. one I'm going to listen to like two Thank or three you. or four times just to, to get those, uh, that, that wisdom yeah. and stuff. And so one last question, uh, what is bringing you jazz right now? Like, yeah, I'm totally into this thing. Didn't think I yeah. would be or whatever it was. I mean, it can be uh, anything. You no, know, I am, I am geeked out of her family, man. I am, uh, I'm in season of dad. I have a son who's a senior in high school. He's going to be in college next year. I got twins that are doing swimming and doing football. I'm, I'm the, the D coordinator for my son's football team. I, I've taken my son up to Oregon to go do some tracks with a guy. My wife, she does her stuff. Like we are fully immersed in the family. And, and it doesn't mean that it detracts from the business because actually I think it adds to it in certain areas because I'm really precise with the time. Mm. But that's it, man. I, I, am, I explain to people, I don't know how to explain it, but like I have to the point of where like my heart hurts. It's so full. Mm, it's wow. a weird feeling of like it's really just damn good which yeah. also makes me feel good that i'm coming to the world the way i am now mm -hmm. like if i if i if i look at the people in the world some people are coming to the world a little bit broken and they're, they're giving out a little bit like it's poison poison goodness if it makes sense but i just do my thing and i have i have i don't expect much from anybody because i got a business that runs i connect with people amazingly and it's fun like i i'm in a really great space of humanity at the moment and i absolutely love it so that's what geeks me up man family 
I no, love that that's so awesome. much. That is adorable and wonderful. It sure Amazing. is. Yeah, man. So thank you so much. Uh, if there's anything we can do. Uh, what about speaking? Uh, you know, COVID's gone. You got any speaking stuff coming up that's not online but in person? I got, uh, well, I'm leaving tomorrow night to go to one called the Masters of Balayage. It's a hair thing down in Florida. I did Pure Romance last week, which is a pleasure company. Hey. Um, Hey, I got Funnel Hacking Live coming up in September. I got some in Baltimore coming up later. I got something in Los Angeles, some in Texas. Yeah, we're we're back on a road. road. Wow. So we're yeah. moving, man. I, I love the stage. So that, you think this is a little bit fun, boy? I get down on a stage. That is oh, fun. that would be I, so I know, fun. I know you do. So, all right, my man. Thank you so much. And uh, yeah, we'll let you know when this comes out. And, and you guys go check out all, all his stuff. Just a sincere appreciation. Thank you, man. Very welcome. Thank you. All right. Later. Bye-bye. We hope that you love that show as much as we did. And it was an amazing interview to do. Like, it's so fun to talk. I'm going to go back and listen to it at least minimum twice. Right. It's you can, amazing. You can keep me to that. Yes. Two times I'm going to listen to that because so, it was so good. We hope that you loved it. And if you did, please take a minute to rate and review our show on iTunes. That helps us get more people like Anthony Trucks on our show for real because mm-hmm. numbers matter, you guys. So please rate and review the show on iTunes. Thank you again for hanging out with us and have an amazing day. All right. All right. Love you. Bye. Bye.